All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Printing with Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect this member and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the 2008 horror The Ruins, uh, which uh, Ben Stiller had a part in creating this movie, and we'll talk about this later on. But before we do that, uh, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? I am doing pretty great, man. Uh, I think it was last weekend I got to actually get to see a production of Evil Dead the Musical, which was really exciting. Nice. I know. I know you saw it a little while ago. I, I just, I've, I've been listening to it, the, the musical, since I was in high school, but I finally got to go see it. Um, and there's a cool production up in New Hampshire uh, for like the Evil Dead, the HD version, where basically they have like a projected set on the background. They have like a bunch of monitors, and so like uh, they have like the, the set projected on like the uh, screens behind them. And so like when they walk around, like the set will move and stuff at times. It was, it was really good. I was surprised. I thought that the HD thing would be a little bit weird, um, mm-hmm. but it was really fun. All the actors were great. Um, and like they they actually really utilized like the, the HD thing a lot. So like at some at one point some guy was dead on the ground and like but like you know the um because he's lying dead on the ground when the, when the uh, screen rotated to the other part of the the cabin he would like rotate his body so he like shift he like wiggle his body <laughs> to, to match it. So it That's was really cool. they made a really good use of what they had and they even actually made the yeah. props person because they had less people and because there weren't like prop like there weren't like built in props like it wasn't built into a stage or anything they had this person kind of coming out and doing stuff. And they basically made her like part of a character essentially. So like people kind of looked at her sometimes during the scenes when she'd come out, like put something down and walk away. Uh, mm-hmm. It was really good. And they're actually coming back to Boston in January, so I might go see them again there. But it was it was awesome. Nice, that's awesome. It's a good time. Yeah, no. When I saw it, it was just a small little local theater production, basically like just a little above college level. But there was a lot of heart into it. They had a lot of fun with it. Unfortunately, the theater troupe shut down. This was their very last like performance or play. Um, so that kind of sucked. But it was really cool because it was, like, right in the middle of the woods. So, like, literally we had to park and then, like, hike half a mile through um, these, uh, this pathway through the woods in the middle of the night. And, uh, you know, we kind of had this production just set up right there. It was really, really cool. Um, but, yeah, that's actually kind of interesting you're talking about that because I have a really good theater friend who she actually, like, volunteers to usher at the theater just so she can, like, watch all these shows that she really, really wants to see and that sort of thing. So she's super, super into theater. And she hates, absolutely hates projections in any sort of live play or live musical. Um, We were, we saw Les Mes and, um, spoilers for Les Mes, I guess, uh, but during um, the scene where Jean Valjean is dragging um, Marius through, Marius through the sewers, like they did some really cool projection work where the characters were kind of moving around as the scene itself was moving around to kind of significant uh, to sig- signify the passage of time. Mm. And it was just a really, really cool effect, really, really well done. They timed it perfectly. And I was just like, this is something that could not be done with practical effects. It's actually genuinely really, really cool. So I told my friend about it and she was really pissed and she was just like, no, there should be no projection whatsoever in theaters. I hate it when they do that. Rah, 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 rah. And then she ushered for that performance like a week later, and she's like, "Okay, that was pretty cool, actually." <laughs> well, and I guess this one too, like, it wasn't a, it wasn't a projection as much as it was like there were a bunch of screens and a big panel oh, okay, behind gotcha. them. So ah, uh, gotcha. So like, they had like opening credits, like showing all the actors introducing themselves and opening credits with music and stuff. Like it, it was cool. I don't know. It seems like a very like, and it's like a touring thing. This HD version, so it's going around everywhere. Like it's going uh, at the same time as the other one, but like I think it's 
taking the actors from where they are. So, like, the people in New Hampshire will walk through the people in Boston just because they're close by, but I think, like, when they were in California, it was a different cast and stuff, so. Cool. It's cool. Yeah. Nice. Pretty sick. But how are things going with you? Cool. Uh, how are things I know you're preparing, preparing for your trip and whatnot? Yeah, yeah, now we're planning for the trip. Uh, this, we're recording this about three, four days before we head on over, but uh, cats will be fine. We've got a uh, next-door neighbor watching them, so thankfully, like, literally, she's, we live in an apartment complex, and she's literally next door, so... She says she's going to stop on over and, like, do work. Because she's also worked for home as well. Oh. So she says, yeah, I might just, you know, pop on over and just during the work day, just kind of chill out at your place and do some work there if that's all right with you guys. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. Help yourself to whatever. So, <laughs> but yeah, we're doing the test pack, just making sure that everything's all squared away. We have all the uh, passport shit taken care of, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of getting all that squared away, getting all that ready on that front. Um one fun little horror-related thing that I do kind of want to give a shout-out to. Well, first off, um, we did talk about this before. Um, I read, I found a book called... Um, oh, gosh, I'm having a brain fart right now. Oh, gosh, oh, gosh. One second. I'm so sorry. Uh, what was it called? Horror literature. Nina Nesbeth is the author. Here we go. Uh, Nightmare Field. That's it. Yep, so in Chicago, when I was there back in May, um, I randomly stumbled across this book called Nightmare Fuel by Nina Nesbeth, um, which is basically kind of delving into the science behind why horror movies scare us and that sort of thing. And um, definitely heartily recommend that one. And it was a really cool experience, really, really good read. Um, she definitely knows her shit. It was really fun to kind of get into all of the different references that she made, that sort of thing as well. Uh, she did talk about the faculty. She did not talk about the Josh Hartnett's hair and the faculty. How did uh, she? But I did find her on Instagram, and I sent her a message just saying, hey, I really, really liked it. Do you mind if we give you a shout-out? Um, you know, do you um, have a preferred medium for, um, you know, getting shout-outs to and that sort of thing? And then she said, yes, and the faculty is my comfort movie. I, I love it so much. Um, but yes, it's uh, link.bio slash Nina Nezeth, N-I-N-A-N-E-S-S-E-T-H. Um, or you can just go ahead and Google Nightmare Fuel Nina Nezeth. Um, it, it was a really good read. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, but sorry, I just I remember I forgot to say that during our last episode, so I want to make sure we say it today. Uh, the other thing as well is I've been playing a really, really janky horror game that's huh. kind of making the rounds around right now called Fear and Hunger. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, is it a combination of that game Fear and Hunger? Uh, no, Damn it. it is not. I have not uh, heard Because the enemy AI is really, 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 really bad in this one. There's no creepy little girls. Well, actually, I'm not sure about that one yet. Uh, but basically, it was made in like RPG Maker or Game Maker, some really like low-level, easy-to-put-together sort of thing. Um and it's an RPG where basically you play as a knight, or you play as a mercenary, or you play as this like dark priest, or you play as this barbarian, as you go down into a titular fear and hunger dungeon. Um, and it's a pretty brutal game. Like enemies can, you know, actually like one shot you. You really have to think on your feet. It's one of those games. It's almost like a roguelike where you have to like constantly reset or re reassess your situation, find out little things that you can do in a single mistake could fuck up your entire run like your an enemy could get a good hit on you and you can lose your arm which basically means you can't equip that weapon in your hand anymore that sort of thing you can get poisoned which would kill you in a set amount of time unless you heal it and when you die you're you're, you're like dead your your characters are completely dead um 
So it, it's, it's, it's very interesting on that front. It's definitely very janky. I'm playing it through on my Steam Deck, and there's a Stalker-type enemy, kind of like Pyramid Head from Silent Hill 2. There's a lot of very obvious inspiration there. Um, but I managed to kill this character, and I was just like, yes, finally. This is like the hardest character boss in the entire game, as far as I'm aware. And my game crashed, like, right afterwards. It was <laughs> almost comical. That was just like, god damn it. <laughs> but... Yeah, I would recommend it if you're into horror gaming. It is pretty dang hard, though, and it's definitely one of those roguelike-like games where you have to keep, you know, trying new things, starting the game from scratch again, trying it again, that sort of thing. Um, but it's a pretty unique experience. Uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf has a really good video on it. I would recommend watching that one. You know, it's funny, though. If I Google the name of the game, it gives me, like, you may also like, and it's giving me, like, a bunch of, like, JRPG uh lewd looking uh <laughs> um <laughs> like light novels and like sin vr and rabbit burn on like oh like, oh it's just, it doesn't sound like the game you're talking about at all i don't know why it's suggesting yeah. these i was, thought, thought this was gonna go in a different direction but um, you know what astro right, fighter right. astro tip but big bad many misery love death um there was uh, something i wanted to talk about too i don't remember what it was on that front related to fear and hunger or video games i don't remember i don't remember um, i hear you Oh, yeah, no, no, we talked about those anime games. There was a post on, like, the Steam forum Reddit that was something like, hey, uh, you know, my friend wants to play these anime art games, but we don't want to, I, my friend doesn't want people to know that they're playing these anime art games. What do I do? <laughs> and, like, the entire time, it was just like, it's my friend who wants to play these anime art games. <laughs> uh, Dude, I remember when I, when, I was, when I was younger... Um... What is it? Like, there are all these there are anime like Canon and Air and stuff, and they're these really like sad. I haven't watched them first. They're probably not as good as they were when I was a kid, but they were like sad story based like anime, and they're apparently all based on light novels. And I remember at one point wanting to play them because I really liked the story. And I was like, oh, this is like, a really sad thing. Yeah. And then I like, got into it. I'm like, oh, this is like a dating sim, and it gets sketchy. <laughs> like, it's like this is yeah. this is what I thought this was. Now, I actually, I, 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 I will admit this, like, when I was in high school, I used to play a lot of those, and there were a lot of them I just really liked because of the story. Um, so a lot of those games, like, they started out, yeah, it was an actual story visual novel, which had sex scenes in there, and, but what they did is, a lot of them, especially if they became super popular, they released clean versions, which are basically just the sex scenes removed, they just faded oh. to black, and then came on through, that sort of thing, so. That's interesting. Yeah. So yeah. now I gotta ask Dan, what what, what games were you playing? Oh uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. It's been a long time on that one. Um, uh, this one I remember. There was one about like a dying little sister of like cancer or something like that. Um, and that's again, I have not played since since I was like fifteen or sixteen years old. I don't remember what the name of that one was. Um, so this is one of those where, like, if I go back and play those games now, it would probably be like, yeah, yeah, this is going to be kind of gross, or this is not very well written, but I didn't know any better at the time. Yeah. I honestly, gun to my head, I probably couldn't tell you the names of any of them. Because a lot of them, too, I just randomly downloaded from, like, LimeWire or LimeWire or something like that. Oh, uh, LimeWire. It, it was a Napster competitor way back Classic. then. Classic. Oh, oh, I remember, I remember uh, LimeWire. Don't, don't you worry. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Classic. a lot of them, too, were just, like, fan translation so like the actual title of the game wasn't fully translated so mm -hmm. yeah but yeah i don't know uh, i'm trying to think of a way to transition from this into the ruins you know um, what you know what you know what uh <laughs> Japan, stories about tentacle people. porn 
vines, the room, oh. something like that. Uh, see, there you go. There you go. There you go. That, that, that does it. That does it. Because I was going to say, you know, fear and hunger reminds me of how you feel when you're on top of a, an Aztec ruin for like two days. Ah, yeah. You, you, you have fear yeah. and you're probably pretty hungry. They don't really talk about that. They never really talk about, like, I, so I, oh, I'll talk about it later. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So yeah. let's talk about the ruins, Dan. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. Go on uh, into that one. All right. Yeah. So uh, did I suggest this or did you suggest this? Uh, I think it was one of those that was kind of on our list and we can't remember who added it originally, but there were a couple times where we're just like, ooh, let's do the ruins for our next episode. And then we never ended up doing it. And then we come back to it later on. So, And then we're like, yep. we need an episode fast, quick, the ruins. And the ruins <laughs> was like, I'm here for you, buddy. Um, yeah, no, it, it definitely seems like one of those movies, kind of like The Faculty, where everyone remembers, but not a lot of people have actually seen. Um, or everyone's forgotten about just like, oh, yeah, that was, that was a movie that came out. I remember that was pretty enjoyable for the most part, I think, or got decent reviews at the time or oh, that's something i kind of forgot about and would like to learn more about so yeah well that yeah. brings up my first question Dan, have you seen this movie before dan the i have not my, actually. classic question yeah we... no i have never seen this movie before i've heard of it i remember seeing the uh, trailers for it i do remember like a couple scenes that have really stuck out and people they were talking about oh, what's the grossest horror movie you've ever horror horror movie scene you've ever seen this movie does come up somewhat frequently on that front um but yeah other than that uh yeah no i've never seen this movie before how about you uh so yeah i've seen i've seen this before and i actually have uh i haven't read but i've listened to the audiobook of the novel uh as well and i like distinctly remember listening to the renting this audiobook because I, I knew about the horror movie back when i was in high school um and so this must have been like the end of my high school career probably the summer before i went to college uh and i was um i rented out from our public library uh and i remember distinctly working on a cosplay for an anime convention and pretty and I, I was working with um uh bondo so or uh, either bondo or fiberglass rust because i'd be doing it in my garage and i was listening to this book on tape in the garage and i distinctly remember a disturbing scene <laughs> like i can like, visually remember like what i was seeing and what i was doing at that point in time as the scene in this, in this <laughs> book played out and i was like what the fuck <laughs> um so this this book left a mark on me to a degree um uh, and then I saw the movie pretty shortly after because I, I, I wanted to read the book first, uh, just because yeah. I wanted to like, I don't know, I wanted to know what I, know what it was about. Because I think at that point it may have actually still be in theaters, so I hadn't had the mm. chance to like see it. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I I'd seen it before and I read the book, and uh, you know I I definitely remember parts of it going into it, but there are a lot of parts I forgot as well. So you know it's it's been uh, f- 10, 15 years since I saw it roughly slash read the book. Mm-hmm. So you know it's uh, you know it was a nice it was a nice revisit. It was nice to go back to it. Yeah, uh, and from what I understand, the book is well. One, uh, the author Scott B. Smith was also the screenwriter for this movie as well, so he was de- genuinely pretty closely involved um, with it. But apparently, he's only written like two books ever. Yeah, <laughs> um, and he, and both of them are fairly well received. But yeah, he's one of those authors that reads like fifteen years between books um, on that front. Um, but. What was I going to say as well? Uh, oh, yeah. The, apparently, this is pretty similar to the movie. Like, of course, the general setup is the same. There's a few differences here and there. A couple character deaths are different, and the ending is different. I didn't, I didn't read the book, but I did look into it to mm. research for this movie. Um, but, yeah, from what I understand, it's relatively very similar. Would yeah, you agree? Yeah, it is. Yeah, like, I feel like, yeah, like, like you said, like, some characters are changed, which makes sense partly, like, you know, they're... Like, 
these books, the book and the movie came out like roughly the same. I think that the movie was commissioned in the middle of the book being written or something like that. So like it makes sense. Like I get people hate it when they do that, but like for a movie like this where it's not like the book is like a, a beloved classic, it makes sense to change things around a little bit so that way you can read them both and get a slightly different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so like yeah, some different characters survive and die in different places. Um, you know, characters kind of occupy different roles. Um, I I feel like I liked the characters in the book more, but I don't know. That's that's also yeah, a book. Books... I feel like you tend to get to know the characters in books better. Yeah, and that's one of the things I did want to talk about just uh, when we get into the movie about how the, the most of the characters in this movie are just not very likable. But we'll we'll talk about this later. Uh, yeah. But fun fact, you were talking about uh, this. So, and this is according to the Amazon X-ray feature, which I don't know how accurate it is because they don't list any of the sources on there. Um, but basically, apparently, the director Carter Smith uh, purchased the book uh, by his own and was reading it like midway through reading it when he got a call and basically said hey would you like to direct this new screenplay called the ruins and he was just like oh i just bought that book and i'm reading it cool i guess this is fate huh. so yeah and then ben stiller was involved he likes he like he i think was ben, ben stiller did he know the author is that what happened yes uh so basically ben stiller um let me pull up my notes real quick uh, so Ben Stiller's production company, which is uh, Red Hour Films, um, Ben Stiller serves as executive producer on this movie. Apparently, he's decent friends with Scott Smith, the author, and he purchased the rights, um, be the screenplay to that, uh, to direct this into a film on that front, because he just thought it was a really, really good one. Um, so to an extent... Um, this movie would not exist if Ben Stiller did not take the uh, role in Heavyweights as um, the Global Gym guy. I mean, ev- everything would not exist if Ben Stiller hadn't taken that role in yeah. uh, Heavyweights. He, that that, the that role movie, changed, movie changed lives. That movie. Yeah. That movie made me who I am today. Such a good movie. Such okay. a good movie. I, I, was, I was making uh, Hershey Kisses out of tinfoil forever <laughs> <laughs> after that. Um, and then learned not to trust them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but... Yeah, so Dan, you don't go into what this movie's actually about. Oh, should we do it? I can't remember. Do we do our, give our initial? We should do what it's about before we give our initial thoughts, right? That yeah, let's sense. do that. Yeah, that's okay. probably yeah, that's probably a better <laughs> idea. Um, yeah, so this movie basically is fairly standard. Group of vacationers are trapped by an evil force of darkness, um, and in this particular movie, basically, we have a couple of different characters. We have two couples, uh, Jeff and Amy, Eric and Stacy. Uh, dating each other and they also meet a german dude named matthias who's um looking for his brother and they all go out to this kind of remote archaeological dig uh the titular the ruins which is basically this little um, i wouldn't i wouldn't say tiny but like normal size pyramid um in very 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 rural mexico and as they approach the ruins basically the locals start rounding up kind of circling the perimeter and trap them on top of the ruins. And as we find out later, it's due to a quarantine process as these ruins are basically infested with these intelligent vines who can do all sorts of stuff, uh, but most likely just kill and absorb whoever it is um, that they are dealing with. Um, So yeah, basically it's kind of a survival story. They're trapped on these ruins. Locals, an entire town is surrounding them. They can't escape from it on that front. They can't get around them um they have to deal with uh water and food and at the same time these vines are coming on in and they're trying to kill them so that's basically it um it's 
a lot of body horror, uh, as we'll get into a little bit later on. The vines get all up in everywhere, as we will find out in just a little bit, and lead to some of the more disturbing scenes in the movie. But, Andrew, yeah, what did you think of this movie? I, I enjoyed it. Again, it's, I, 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 I tend to, I feel like I, have, I tend to have a fondness for movies when I have, like, a, a prior knowledge of them like that i don't know it's not my buddy about that about how like certain movies i feel like if you if you if you oh, remember yeah. something you know or you have a rough framework for it, you tend to appreciate it a little bit more um and so like i i really enjoyed this movie it's nice and short um the gross out horror elements are definitely not something that i'm a fan of like i'm gross out horror usually isn't my jam uh so like i do kind of find myself looking away or being like oh god when, when certain scenes happen in this movie um they're just you know certain things that tend to get me a little bit but like I don't, I like it. I like I like the creature. Like I like I said, I don't think either of us thought that the characters were great in this. But like the concept, I think of the movie is so is such an interesting concept that I really end up enjoying it just for that. I wish they'd almost they'd done more with it. But but I enjoy it. Like it, not my favorite movie, but I think it's you know pretty solid. Mm-hmm. How about you? Yeah, I, I I like this movie overall. Um, I definitely wouldn't call it, not call it an amazing movie. And I definitely think it's a movie where the sum of the parts is well. Let me take that back. Basically, it's the movie that I'm going to remember it for certain scenes and not for the entire experience, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, this this movie does... Overall, the characters aren't very likable or interesting in many good ways. The only really thing that kind of stands out about this movie, and it does it very, very well, is just the unique setting and the unique kind of monster, quote-unquote. Um, this type of monster has not been done very often in lots of other movies and again outside of japan but uh, that's a whole other thing i mean i I thought i thought the happening did a great job with this monster (laughs) dude imagine if we redid the happening with this i oh my god i would love this movie to be taken to the nth degree and have it be like the happening where all trees and plants are fucking trying to kill you (laughs) so like (laughs) they think it's the vine they come out and this fucking pine tree just falls on them it's like fuck you (laughs) it's like it's like the end scene from lord of the rings where they're just marching on it just sucker punching everybody people just get like destroyed by random ass plants somebody's like there with their little orchid like on their desk and just like leans over and chokes them like like, god i I would that's 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 uh that's not that could be my sequel idea if that 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 would be like my sequel if they if like the waynes brothers got a hold of it and we're like the ruins too ruined and it was just i don't know fucking trees and like oh my god and it could be like weed is poisoning people so people are like rolling their own joints and then like i don't know the weed somehow becomes more toxic and gets in their lungs and kills them like <laughs> amazing uh, uh that'd be so good that, that, that's yep. what it's angry about it's angry about us burning it and it's like how dare you do this to us <laughs> um uh but yeah no that's uh, kind of the part of the plots and that's kind of what i thought of this on this front i i definitely feel like this is that one of those movies where i'm gonna forget about and then occasionally something will remind me of a couple scenes in the movie and i'll be like oh yeah that was a really good scene or that was a really really effective body horror and then i'll forget about it afterwards like it's it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination but i definitely feel like this is one of those movies again just to say it's going to be remembered for certain scenes than anything else Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah do you want to dive on into it yeah let's do it it actually my, my first question for you hopping into this actually is slightly tangentially related but i feel like this movie came out at a time where there are a lot of movies about foreigner like westerners or expats going to other countries and getting involved in a bunch of shit like because yeah, wasn't hostel around the same time as this yeah, one hostel around the same time there's turistas there was um fuck what's that other one uh i can't remember uh not human centipede not really but i think that is kind of a similar similar idea but i just feel like around this time there was a lot of fear about going out to other countries and i, I you to think about it this was 
10 years after 9-11, you know, eight years after 9-11, but I feel like there was still a lot of fear. I, I can't remember when uh-huh. ISIS blew up as a thing. Was that was that 2000? When, when was that? Uh, I don't remember. I, I'm not uh, Martyrs? Would you count Martyrs as being in that same category? I can't. Uh, Art has been a while, I'm, but, I, but I feel like there, you know, I feel like there was a time about of like of movies of people going to places and just kind of like, you know, being out of towners going into places. And obviously, that that's a very classic kind of storytelling thing. But I just think mm-hmm. there were a lot of them. Like even like Cabin in the Woods, I feel like is similar uh, in that in that same kind of era of like people are going. Uh, you know, in that case, it's more kind of going to like a more rednecky kind of area. Uh, but it's not, apologies for people from there. Um, but you know, it, and again, Eli Roth seems to love that apparently. Um, but yeah, it felt like this was kind of like a, a thing that was just happening. It felt very similar to that, um, and I was kind of waiting for that. It's waiting, uh, you know. I'd forgotten a little bit, and I was like, "Does Matthias know what's going on? Like, is he is he in on this?" And it first started, yeah, that, and, I was and then I'm like, too. "Oh no!" Uh, mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I, I just thought it was interesting that I feel like these movies kind of came out around a lot, and it kind of felt similar to them, where they kind of, you know, they in this one they don't get necessarily tortured, uh, but it's you know it's a lot more like kind of cabin in the woods where it's like a natural thing, kind of doing gross shit mm-hmm. to their bodies, and again, all the characters aren't very likable. <laughs> So, yeah, it's I, just, and I yeah. think that's a good kind of point you made on that front. It, it, it's definitely like a force of nature movie. It's not the vines are inherently evil. It's just the vines are sentient and they're doing what vines do. Like they're just kind of programming to go out and absorb other life and that sort of thing and um, use their defense mechanisms to kind of reach that. So it, it's almost like they're like really sophisticated Venus flytraps um, mm-hmm. on that front. And but yeah. I, I, when you were talking earlier about Ben Stiller, all I could think of. So, have you seen House? Have you seen that Hostel? Uh, sorry, um, Cabin in the Woods. Yes. Where Eli, Eli Roth comes out, and I, I forget like what he makes some joke about somebody. Like, I, you keep saying Cabin in the Woods. Are you sure you don't mean Cabin Fever? I do mean Cabin Fever. I apologize. I mean Cabin. Yes. Uh-huh. Forever, rewind I time. Like, I said <laughs> I said Cabin Fever. Everyone, every time I said Cabin in the Woods earlier, I said Cabin Fever. That's actually what I said. Cabin in the Woods is definitely recommended, though. Cabin you guys, you guys misheard that. Uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, very, <laughs> very, so similar forces of nature, um, but. Um, there's the scene when they're like they're in the woods partying and that guy and then like yeah roth comes up and i forget what the joke he makes but he goes like ooh face and it's like i just imagine ben stiller popping up in this movie like i don't know they're trying to like they're trying to like you know get off the ruins and he's down there and he's like ooh like i don't know i i i see i imagine ben stiller from heavyweights just popping up in this movie randomly and being like a dick and i, I wish that happened <laughs> that would have made this movie so much better um maybe he could have he picked up uh what's her name at the end of the car that could have been great uh yeah but he could have been the brother. Oh, my God. He could have been Matisse's brother. Um, he could have been, yeah. Just the um, corpse down there. Yeah, just hanging out. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah sorry. That was, that was my random aside. Um, but, yeah, uh, trying to think of how we, where, where we want to go into here. With this. Yeah, I mean, this is a very simple plot on that front, so I think we can get into spoiler territory at this point. So we'll just kind oh, of yeah. jump around back and forth. Um, this movie definitely, like, the highlights are the kills and the way that the vines are interacting with the main people and that sort of thing, too. But, um but yeah, um, I, let's go ahead and start off just above with the characters, I guess. Um, and I do want to start off with one. Um, let's go ahead and start off with, what did you think of Eric, played by Sean Ashmore? But before you answer that question, I do want to ask you, where do you know, what, what is Sean Ashmore most famous for? Like, this what, is one of my you... questions for you. Uh, so <laughs> I, I have an answer to that, which I don't think is the right answer that you're going for. But for me, he's always um, the, the main guy from Animorphs. God, watched, yes, that was the exact Animorphs? same thing I could say too. Yes, <laughs> he's always Animorphs for me. He's always uh, it's Jason. It, it's a very Jake. Like, Jake, it's a very generic name. Yeah, uh, yes, Jake. I, I always brother Tom. Yes, I, I, I always see be... him as that. 
Oh, I, I I'm the exact same way. Yes, and that's why I wanted to ask that question. I was planning on making this whole joke about like you with uh, Prometheus or Alien Covenants with um, the, 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 what we talked about last episode and that sort of thing. But Patrick anyway, um, yeah, Patrick Wilson. Yeah, like, the real no, question it's is the Ron. He's Jake from Animorphs. That's what it is. No, I remember staying up like it, it was on the Nick. I was a huge, huge Animorphs fan back in elementary, middle school. Um, and I do remember when the live TV show came out and it was on the Nickel Ozone on Nickelodeon, which was like this programming block they had in the evening. And I was just like, yes, the, the, the morphine, they're going to show the Yerk pools, they're going to show everything. And then that show had a budget of like 20 bucks per episode. And it was, it was, it was a terrible show. It was yeah. absolutely terrible. I mean, it, so did you finish the books? So I never finished the books. My buddy told me. I did later. So, okay. So is it really like a big Christian allegory at the end and they all get on the all oh, no. rapture? Somebody told me it was all about no. like, rapture, and there, there's like a no. spaceship at the end, and everybody dies or something. That there, there isn't a spaceship. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess spoilers for Animorphs at this point. So I didn't read it. Uh, eventually, I kind of aged out of the series. But when I started studying for my elementary education degree and started looking back into children's lit, I was just like, hey, I should finish up Animorphs. Um, so yeah, basically, if you are curious about how that ends. Um, so the last few books uh, basically just go full a la war. It, they, they changed the whole thing in terms of now the Yerks are out in the open. They're actually fighting against the humans who are fighting back. There's a lot of battles back and forth. They have like this secondary group called the Auxiliary Animorphs, which um, I thought was a pretty cool plot idea, uh, where basically they recruit people who are physically disabled in some way, like they use a wheelchair or that sort of thing, and then they morph into animals where they can go ahead and, you know, use those bodies instead and kind of use that as a way to fight and recruit soldiers. And then, of course, huh. they delve into the ethics of that. Like, yeah, they, they, Animorphs is always really, really good about that. Like, one of the early books where they found out there was, like, this type of instant oatmeal that basically caused the Yerks to be addicts where literally they would just sit in like heroin addicts in terms of oatmeal and they're debating what is the ethics about you know using this completely decimating this race even though they're invading us at that point they've always really been good about the gray areas of war um, that's been a major theme in the entire series uh, but basically yes that's what happened right there um tom uh jake's brother does fall out kill rachel at some point near the end which is Yo, very very sad yeah um, and Jake is forced to kill Tom because of that, and it's very, very sad as well. It's, it's a big moment. Uh, but basically, at the very end, um, so after, that's kind of the whole big climax of the series on that front. Um, I think they kill Visser 3 as well at some point. Oh, I forgot Visser um, 3. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So basically, um, afterwards, the final book kind of deals into that, and then they all... The war ends. Humans win. The Andalites come eventually. Um, Axe goes back home. Um, it's a real sad moment where they go on back. Everyone else is kind of just wandering around and rebuilding Earth after this big attack. Um, but eventually, Jake and everybody else becomes a... Um, like a military squad. Um, now that humans know that aliens exist, they kind of go out and perform operations, kind of like a Guardians of the Galaxy sort of thing. Um, but the series ends, and this is more of an epilogue, but basically Jake is on a command ship, and all the other Animorphs are there at that point, and then there's a new villain who's introduced in the 11th hour. It's really not too important what this villain is, uh, but Jake gives the order to ram the ship, um, and... The intention was Animorphs are going to come in, go out the way they came in. They're going to go out fighting. Um, and that's kind of how the series ends. So, uh, wait, But their power is to transform into animals, right? 
Yes, yes. They, they, and they still use that. They still use the power to transform in animals. How, did, how, did, how does that get in spaceships? Huh? Well, how I mean, it... like, they have to get to other planets to be able to fight and shit like that. So. I, I guess. Can they? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> is Tobias still trapped as a bird? Is that still a thing for Tobias? Is he still... uh, later on, so basically this is like in book, there were, there were like 60 different books on this. And we spent way too long on this. I apologize. We really did. Those, <laughs> of you, those of you who grew up in the 90s, you'll really appreciate this. Um, in book like 20 or 25, and the series lasted about 60 books, um, eventually Tobias did meet the Emilist, which is like this godlike creature who gave him a choice about, hey, you can return back to your body However, you are you can never morph up again. And he basically made the decision that he wants to remain his hawk form as his default form, but he can still morph back into his human form for two hours whenever he wants to. And he always does have the choice if he wants to just stay there permanently. He could just morph and stay beyond the two-hour time limit. Um, but eventually, that's one of his big character arcs, is eventually he realizes he's happier as a hawk than he is as an actual human. So. That's so impressive. But, wait, but, but here's yeah. my question. Wait, could he have turned into Tobias human form and then overstayed the two hour time yeah. limit and then he would just be stuck as that forever. Yeah. Wait, so how did he how is he able to turn back how does he able to, 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 to Okay, we'll, we'll talk off, off. the the, the Emilist <laughs> gives him the powers. Literally God comes on and gives him the choice and says, We can make you back as a human, but uh and it's it's kind of the whole book is around that central conflict in terms of like should I come back as a human that sort of thing. But yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> I clearly need to go through and read these books again. Um, yeah, but they're really good books. They they still hold up too. Last question though, do you remember that that sick sweet opening to the TV show? Yes, like, it's all in your hands. <laughs> so good, so good. Okay, anyway, anyway, uh, back to Sean the Ashmore ruins. is Sean the Ashmore. main character of. Well, I, I guess one of the main characters of the room. There really isn't a titular main character. He's, he's honestly like the least main of the main characters. I'd yeah, say. I would say he's he has probably the. Like he, the only guy who has more lines than that has less lines than him is the Greek who gets shot in, in the beginning. I, I think guess. Every, I think everybody yeah. else has more lines than him. He's 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 the uh, saddest of side characters. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the characters then, because like we were talking about how they're none of these characters are really likable, <laughs> except for the one best character. Who's the best character? Uh, uh, Matthias. Oh yeah, fucking Matthias. Uh-huh. Best. Yeah, and fucking I thought character. I thought he was going to be something like oh he was really dragging the characters out there and he was going to go ahead and. Uh, really fuck them over like he was in on it but no he was just this genuinely really good dude and he gets probably the worst fate out of every yeah. one of them dude so. matthias just gets like everything about him like he is the nicest like so he meets them uh he's you know he he's there at this resort one of the girls lost her earrings he's there he, see, he sees it in the water so he puts on he's his mask and goes gets it here you go he hangs out with them he has a drink he's like oh i'm a little bit worried sorry my brother is missing on a raise i'm gonna go try to find him he doesn't want to come it's like a kind of thing nice dude that night uh he's there with his friends with those people and one of the guys was like his girlfriend like really you know is like frisky and stuff and he's like i'm gonna go to bed bye and leaves her with them and then she goes to make out with matthias matthias like signals the other friends like hey get her off me like i know that this she has a boyfriend don't have don't let her kiss me and they come over and stop it you're like what a bro he, mm-hmm. he signals to the friends. to He doesn't, like, push her off to be rude. He's like, hey, can you guys come get her? She's like, she's not well. You know, she's making she's a poor decision right now. She needs to, she needs to go. So, you know. Mm-hmm. And he even says, like, hey, I think your boyfriend's a nice guy. You know, you should, you should you know, not try to make out with me right now, bro. Uh, and then what happens to him? His brother dies. He gets dropped down a mine shaft. <laughs> These two people, like, do a terrible job lifting him to a gurney. He gets the legs cut off really without his permission. He gets suffocated by plants. Like, 
mm-hmm. dude just gets like the worst fate imaginable <laughs> for being like the nicest guy in the in the in the movie uh insane like i, I want a matthias movie not everybody else is terrible yeah yeah definitely i mean let's go through the other characters too jake is i said jake sean ashmore eric is uh i still got amorous on the brain um but yeah sean ashmore is just kind of there he's kind of dull his whole character trait is he's in med school and that's about it amy is the worst like she actively is implied to have cheated on her boyfriend in the past and at the same time too she's also um like literally again we just talked about this she would have cheated on matthias if matthias and stacy hadn't stepped on in and she's just complaining the whole time just very yeah just she's the worst um Jeff is there as well. Jeff is just, I don't know. He seems like he's just there to argue with everybody all the time. Well, well Jeff, then, Jeff, Jeff is Amy's is Amy's boyfriend. Yeah, he, he's he's oh, the Jeff. doctor. Je- Jeff's the oh, doctor. Oh, gotcha. gotcha. Sean gotcha. Sean Asmore's the side is the is the side character. Is, is my like, bad, my bad. Yeah. Jo- yeah, so it's Jeff. Jeff and Amy are a couple, and then Stacy and Amy are best friends. And Eric, who's Sean Ashmore, is Stacy's boyfriend, and that's why he's kind of just a periphery character, more or less. Um, gotcha. Yeah so, Je- yeah, so Jeff's the one. And it's weird because I feel like there's tension between Jeff and, a- and Amy this entire movie, and I don't quite get what it is. Because she never... I, I, she did yeah, cheat I think, on him. Is, I, I think it was implied that she had on the past. That's kind of what I assumed. I, I thought I, th- I thought what they were doing was showing that... Uh, that I thought the plants were making were like making were making those noises to make it seem like they were. But I, don't, I thought they actually didn't do it, and he was... No, they didn't. Um, but I, it was implied in the past, like, this is a common behavior of Amy. She is very promiscuous when she's drunk or something like that. And they need oh. to keep her in check. That's kind of what I assumed, um, what the movie implied. Okay. Cause like at one point I feel like Stacy mentions to, uh, I think Matthias that, that Amy's just like sad because I think Jeff's going to go off to med school somewhere. So she's like clinging to him. Cause like, oh, that she, do that. because like it's, it's their last chance to really kind of hang out. But yeah, but then there's this weird tension between them, and yeah, I didn't quite get. Like, I thought we were gonna find out that he cheated on her or something, and he was distant for that reason. Because it's weird, because I feel like we never get that, you know, super addressed. Like, I, I could have missed missed that part, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, no, there really wasn't. There might have been something that was explored more in the books, but yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, like the characters are not very likable overall, on that sort of thing. Um, yeah, on that sort of thing right there. Uh, let me go ahead and check my notes. Um, yeah, uh, but let's go ahead and talk about like the vines in terms of the setup. What did you think of the setup of this movie? Being trapped on this pyramid surrounded by locals while these intelligent vines are coming on in and kind of trying to kill you and eat you. I, I fucking loved it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, I think... You know, obviously colonialism is a thing, but I think that you know this idea of like I don't know, these these people just kind of going through, ignoring the culture, ignoring like what's going on. Uh, you know, I think I I really like that concept of like you know you're being punished for like not listening to the signs essentially. <laughs> um, you know, like I feel like the, these characters are like are very like willfully ignorant when they get to where they're going, um, and it's that idea of you know like even I think Jeff at one point says like four Americans aren't just going to disappear, and it's like they're really just not aware of like their own mortality i guess or they're not aware of the fact that like you know like they're in a foreign place and they're like you know they need to be more cautious um and i think that in general and like this is kind of an idea of what you can stumble across you know and it's also just the idea of like you know we've only explored so much of the world and there's so many parts of like the wilderness and like the sea that we don't really know about what's going on there um and so like i don't know i i love that idea of you just you know you stumble upon something and i and you know again i think 
the the villagers or like the the tribe is maybe reductive to a degree in terms of like certain elements but you know like it's an interesting idea that they're just keeping this thing secret and like you know the question is why to a degree i can't remember if the book if there is anything about like if it's like partly like a sacrificial kind of thing if it's like religious to a degree where they're like no these got you know these plants are like some kind of god or something like that if they're mm-hmm. you know if there's a reason why they're not like doing more than just trying to stop them from spreading like they're not trying to proactively kill them uh mm-hmm. the, the plants um that was actually one of the questions i wanted to ask you which is like what is the movie never explains like where these plants come from or that sort of thing but what is your head canon in terms of how these plants came to be like i feel like in general it's just that the plants were just there and they just, you know, they, they've been in this temple or something like that. And they, you know, evolved or grew in the temple. And then, like, you know, they they were just there forever and they got sectioned off. Like, maybe this tribe or their predecessors, you know, took care of them. You know, maybe something happened. Maybe, you know, back before, uh, you know, um, climate changed, you know, they may have thrived where they were. But now they, they need to live inside. Maybe, like, they need the, sh- the shade of the, um, of whatever's in the ruins, the rock or something like that. Maybe a lot of them stay there. I don't know. But I, I think it would be cool if it was some kind of, like, I don't know. Like, I think it would be dumb, but also kind of interesting if there was some, like, I don't know, ancient thing behind it. Like, some, like, goddess or something like that. And that explains why they can move the way that they do. Because I do feel like these plants are very weird in how they move. Uh, inconsistent, mm-hmm. I suppose. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming that in the movie it's just that they are just a rare kind of plant that nobody's found or can only maybe exist with whatever this uh, thing's made of. How about you? Yeah, I kind of, in my head canon. It, it could be like, yes, yeah, some sort of ancient uh, tribe or, or organization or civilization use these as sacrifices. And I kind of figure that like over time, the plants kind of evolve to develop a taste for blood and mimic in terms of to get more food on in. Like maybe when they started off, they were just like, uh, basically just like a little Venus flytrap. They didn't move around at all. They didn't really do too much, um, but they got a taste for human blood or just blood in general. Because they also said too, um, but they said something about how animals don't even land on here. They know not to move. It's uh, they've, mm-hmm. they've learned on that front. Um, well, so yeah, that's kind of my headcanon on that front that they eventually just kind of developed a taste for blood after a while. And the uh, the poster for it says uh, terror has evolved. So yeah. I'm assuming they're going with the evolution around <laughs> as well. Um, uh, which again, I don't know if that's the way I think about it, but uh, um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I do. You, like, did you find them effective? Did you find this like a, like a you know a, an effective monster, an effective? Oh god, ki- yeah, killer, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, like it's a very unique creation, and I really do like the body horror that gets into it because there's there's a lot of scenes, and a couple scenes from the book too. Because I was reading up on the book, that just uh, really they they, they they do a lot with the whole fact about like vines are grabbing at you and can wrap around you and I, I do want to talk about one of the most effective scenes in the movie I feel is mm. when they find out the true source of the noise of the phone so basically oh, yeah. we're at the very beginning of the movie they're trapped on the top of the pyramid and they're not sure where to go the phone's not working um, and they hear a phone ring from down below so they basically try and explore the ruins a little bit deeper down and they think that a phone is actually ringing but it turns out that the plants have found the ability to mimic sounds so it's literally the plants ringing the uh, playing the sound of ringing, and that's um, yeah. It, it was just a terrifying reveal of just like you can't even trust sounds that you're hearing because um, it could be the plants. It was mm. it was a very cool reveal. I really liked it. 
What did you think of like the attack that occurred in the cave? How how are your thoughts on that? Uh, that was pretty effective on that mm. front in terms of they kind of came on in. It, it was a little bit, say, because the plants, the vines kind of moved towards them and it's a quickly pull the rope up. We need to get out very, very quickly. Like it was I was kind of still reeling from the reveal at that point. So it was fine. Mm. I, I would say like knowing it was coming, watching it, I had a lot more time to focus on the CG. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it was 2008. So. But and, and this is kind of what like, like so I I was honestly expecting you know I forgot when Stacy goes so I was like oh this when Stacy goes because uh, I, I thought this might be a good time for get grabbed you know maybe see like you know like, rip off some splash something like that would have been kind of cool um, mm-hmm. but I, I will say like th- so this is what kind of makes me question this movie a little bit is in that scene the plants are going fucking insane they are like shaking and laughing and like rushing around and like looking like a wave and like they are like you know have to like run away to escape these plants and then like. You know, they make their way out of the ruins and they come up top and the plants are kind of just like there hanging out like, yo, how's it going, bro? <laughs> like, it seems very inconsistent. And also like when, when Matthias loses his legs, they like rips his legs away and it's like mine. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm curious about that. Like, I wonder almost if these are kind of like, I don't know, shade dwelling plants maybe. So maybe when they're on the outside, they're not as active maybe yeah so maybe they're drying out up there and they only get to move more as they get blood and stuff to like allow them to you know get a little wet and frisky and then they can kind of Mm -hmm. move around because it seems like the ones the ones in the um inside are very active and they're very you know alive and can move and stuff and it seems like the ones on the outside really are basically inert up until the point that you know towards the end of the film when they start to come out more so I, I imagine, like, you know, because, uh, you know, obviously there's the horror movie creep of, like, they're just playing dead. For, but why would they if they can fucking just jump on you? Um, mm-hmm. But, because, uh, you know, it's not like it's not like they're getting off the pyramid anyway. I mean, like, yeah, like get them whenever you feel like it. Uh, but I wonder if it's that. I wonder if it's that, like, these are more, these are not light-prospering plants. Like, you know, they're green, so they probably chlorophyll in them. But, like, I wonder if it's this idea that, like, you know, they, they need more shade because the ones on the outside are all dehydrated. So, like, as they get more blood and stuff from the people, and, you know, as Jeff pees on them, they, you know, they get more, uh, you know, get wet and can kind of move around a little bit more, maybe. You know, it awakens them. That's, that's my theory, because it seems like they're very inconsistent with their ability to move. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's my interpretation. Because at one point, yeah, uh, no. when, Jet, when Amy throws that bunch at that kid, I'm like, how did she just rip these off? I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they have been kind of, like, throughout the entire movie, ripping off here and there, especially when it's, like, wrapped around body parts and that sort of thing. But That's true. It's just, there's so much of it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree. It's definitely inconsistent. Maybe they're weaker in the sun and, like, in a damp environment or cool environments. They're stronger. That would make more sense. Um, but, yeah, it is a little bit inconsistent in terms of what they can do, how much intelligence they have. Are they just toying with it? Are they actually just kind of a force of nature, just doing what they're evolved to do? Um hmm. Yeah, also, it could have been a little bit better on that front, but I still think it was very effective on them to kind of get that squared away. And also, what is your interpretation of, of the natives who are there? Because, like, you know, like, obviously they're plants. And, like, I, when they first came up, I couldn't tell if they were trying to be like, hey, get the fuck away from those, or if they were just like, no, nah, you're already fucking doomed. Like, we don't know what, if you touched it or not. Because it seemed yes. like they, they reacted more when Amy stepped into it. They're like, oh, ho, ho. Like, they're like, yo, yep. what are you doing? Like, it sounded like they were trying to stop it. But, like, at the same time, like, you know, only Amy at that point had really kind of you know, doubled down and stumbling into them, really. She kind of, like, went all into them. She was all about that. Because <laughs> uh, she, she kept stepping back, trying to take pictures of them. Which, again, I, Amy is kind of dumb in this. I feel like Amy oh, yeah. wasn't this dumb in the book. But, like, 
they, these people are clearly distressed with her, and they're like, and again, this is what I think kind of points to being a bad tourist. Is like Amy goes there, and like you see her taking pictures of these, these kids sitting on the side of the road, which again, like you're not asking their permission. Like they're not like, like yeah, like you know we have that thing in, in, of you know no assumed privacy in public, but like you know you're just taking pictures of these kids sitting on the side of the road, and it's kind of rude. But then when these people are clearly distressed. She takes out her camera and is taking pictures and walking back. And to the point that Jeff looks at her and is like, Amy, what are you doing? Like, mm. why? We, these people are, they have a gun. They have weapons. They're yelling at us. Why are you taking pictures of them, you fucking idiot? <laughs> like, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it, I, it's so, her character, like, the fact that she survives at the end is so weird to me. Because I don't think she has, like, I don't know, final girl energy in this movie. I feel like she does. I agree. Because generally final girl, the final girl is, like, really, I don't know intuitive and like and I'll, you know on one, one hand great you know playing with the thing you know playing with the genre tropes like you know this person who seems semi-promiscuous at times uh you know not obviously not the typical final girl uh makes some kind of weird decisions um you know like but it kind of goes back and forth that sometimes she's the leader at other times she's kind of like again making really weird choices uh which i don't quite get mm-hmm yeah, no, I agree. I think she doesn't really have final girl energy. She's I'm just probably the least likable character out of every character in this movie, and she's the one that survives at the very end. So it's kind of on that front there, too. Um, yeah, in terms of the theory behind what I think these villagers are trying to do, I think they're genuinely, like, they're trying to quarantine, and if there's, there's a certain threshold, probably when Amy stepped on the plants that they realized, okay, this group is fucked, we're going to have to go ahead and keep them on in until the ruins does their thing. And then just to prevent, make sure that it doesn't, they don't come out, um, that the, the plants don't come out and they stay contained because there's still salt in the earth. They're getting everything squared away. Um, mm. So that's what I assumed. Like initially they're trying to say, hey, get away from there, get away from there. And then after they step on the plants, they're just like, all right, you're fucked. Stay in there, stay in there. So, <laughs> Do you think like, like, I, I guess my other question is why wouldn't they just kill them in the first place? Again, I can't remember if they discuss this in the book, but if they know they're going to die anyway, why not just shoot them all? Why not just like you know, and like get them, all, um, get them all right there. Like, unless it's just like, they don't want to kill people. They don't want to be murderers. Uh, yeah. I, that's, that's the only thing I can think of in terms of like, okay, we, there's a difference between letting nature do its course and like just waiting for the inevitable versus being the active participants on that front and killing. So. Yeah. Well, cause then I'm thinking yeah. like with, with the boy who gets, who gets, who gets, you know, weeded uh, when he gets, when they, she throws him at him. I'm curious too, like, is it the spores on these that they're afraid of? Like, because if that's the case, if, if it's the spores of the plant, like, is, is it more that if you touch the plant, then you are, like, you belong to the plants and thus you must die? Or is it that, like, they're actually afraid of contagion spreading? Because mm-hmm. I feel like that boy could have taken off his shirt and they could have burned the shirt and kept an eye on them and stuff and there are ways to do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, bathe him in salt, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it seemed like there were other contagion ways for that, you know, that specific scenario. Obviously, people are stepping on it and stuff. You know, it's hard to know what's going on, where it's going to be on them. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. That seems like a weird situation to me. The way that, like, I get it. It was like a shock value thing. And I'm like, oh, my God. And it's also how they discovered that it is the plants. Because um, they're like, oh, yeah, I threw the plant at that kid. And they shot him. That's probably why they're mad at us. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It, it seemed like a, I, I'm, I, yeah, for them, I also can't tell. Like, yeah, it, was it the contagion they're afraid of? Was it that the ruins are a god and that they're, like, sacrificing them? I don't know. That was yeah. weird to me. That's kind of what I kind of thought on that front, too. Um but yeah, uh, let's go ahead and talk about a couple scenes in this movie. Like, mm. I, the, the one scene I think that's going to stick out, I, I do want to get into the body horror, horror a little bit on that front. Um, this this movie is very effective body horror. And they, it's not so much like they wrap 
the vines around the people and drag them slowly on in and like stick the vines down their throat, which they do. <laughs> um, but really, I, I think what I'm going to remember this movie for is how Stacy ends up. Um, so again, this is spoilers, but Stacy basically at a certain point at the very beginning of the movie, she cuts her knee open. And while she's sleeping, a couple vines get inside her knee. And there's like this close up scene of them pulling the vines out of her knee. But throughout the entire movie, uh, she is paranoid that there's still vines in there. And we find out later that actually is. Um, but uh, basically, at some points, um, they do this scene where they're literally just kind of like looking over her body, opening her up, cutting these vines out, moving it on through. And it ends in this really, really good moment where she's just covered in cuts she's been basically impromptu surgery um has been administered on her with like a little hunting knife basically and she says oh i can still feel them they're in my head they're in my head and then they give her a swig of some whiskey saying it's all in your head here this will help out a little bit and then after she drinks a swig of whiskey everybody can clearly see there's some vines moving around in her forehead and god that is such a terrifying prospect i hate it i hate yeah. it so much oh, oh yes but it's like uh, that. There's that. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, go. No, uh, there's there's one thing I do want to say, and this is kind of part of the amputation scene with Matthias as well. Uh, Jeff, uh, who is the medical assistant or the medical student, uh, says septicemia um, is infecting his. Uh, he's basically his bones are infected. Septicemia is setting on in. Um, Septicy. I am not a clinician. I do work with a lot of doctors and nurses, and this is something that I have worked with a lot of people on. Septicemia is not infection of the bones. It is infection of the bloodstream. So bacteria gets in your bloodstream. That's what it means. So minus points for that movie. There, oh, yeah. now I can feel superior. That makes sense, though, because where is blood made? Where is blood made? Yeah. Where's, yeah. Where, where's blood come from? Blood comes from the, uh, the, 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 the heart. No. Where's blood come from? I don't know. Where does blood come from? The marrow and the bones, right? Does it? I, I actually thought, don't know that. I'm pretty sure bone marrow doesn't that is now doesn't that make blood red blood cells? I could be Where wrong. Where does blood come from? I, I could be completely wrong. Too. Yeah. It comes uh, from the heart? No, the heart just moves it. The heart, no, the heart... no, it pumps it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It pumps from the oh, heart. Yeah, yeah, okay, but... yeah. Blood cells are mainly produced in the below mar- bone marrow. Boom. Yeah, you're right. Boom. I actually didn't know boom, that. Boom, there boom, we go. boom, 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 <laughs> All right, I'm off my high horse now. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. How dare you criticize the masterpiece that is the Bruins and their amazing writing? <laughs> How fucking dare you? Um, one scene that I did, I was reading up on the book and a couple deaths on that front, and I, one I really wish made it into the movie um, was the um, the, uh, the, 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 the the sleeping bag scene, if you remember that one. Doesn't I get pulled away in the sleeping bag? Is that what happens? Yeah, so basically one of the characters, I don't remember who, it doesn't really matter, but but one of the characters moves, uh, gets uh, basically infected by the vines, and they bury their corpse and basically wrap it in a sleeping bag as a makeshift kind of morgue bag. Um, In the middle of the night, apparently, the um, bag starts screaming, and they think to themselves, oh shit, maybe that character wasn't really dead, and then they open it up, and basically it's just, there's no body left, it's just bones and a bunch of vines and the vines are actually screaming and like thrashing and moving on mm. over and i'm just like god that, that that's what that's the type of thing that makes this movie effective and there's a lot of little stuff on that front too it's just the whole body horror aspect of the vines is just awful so that's that. yeah and the things um, i remember i remember the book being creepy i remember being like creeped out by the book reading uh, listening to it and like oh that's oh. <laughs> um mm-hmm. i also think the book had more survival elements to it i feel like i remember like i'm talking about like, rationing food and like maybe like rationing urine or something like that at one point like uh, I feel like I remember, like, they, they, you know, a lot of it was them trying to, like, I feel like they were there for a while in the book. 
that they were like it wasn't like, like this i think it's one night two nights maybe like one, i think it's one night in the next day i think right yeah so this is very quick i feel like in the book they're like Je- I, don't, I don't know it's jeff actually but like somebody like his character is like hey guys we need to start like preparing for shit like we're not gonna leave this we need to like try we to survive to ration this water yeah yeah um but you know speaking of elements in the book so I don't know. I don't know if you've read about this. I don't. So it, there's a scene in this movie that seems kind of gratuitous at one point, um, and in the book it's a little bit different. I, again, it's been a while since I've read the book, but I have recollections of this. I try. I'm, I'm trying to Google it, but I couldn't find anything about it. But I swear to God, this happens. Uh, so in the movie, at one point, um, Stacy gives Eric a, a hand job at one point in the in the movie, um, right. but in the book that happens and when that happens uh um I, I i believe what happens and this is kind of gross but i believe what happens is like the plants again like this is my my, my push towards them wanting the fluid and stuff and the other we got horror in the horror movie podcast oh no yes, uh, go ahead. but basically uh after he uh finishes uh the plants like are attracted to like the semen and like mm. come up and like get around his dick <laughs> and like i can't remember if they go inside his dick but ooh, i i in, in my my, my my clenching like Ugh, I, I i feel like they may kind of like you know go in a little bit I did not, but I did not uh, read that and uh I, yes but it, something but it's happens heavier it's yeah it's it's a very it's a very like that that's the scene that I, I vividly remember i just can't remember like what exactly it does i don't think it kills him or anything like that um i almost like he might be the one who gets hurt more i think he might be the one who has to cut the, the plants out of his body i think mm-hmm. so that might be what happens um and this might be part of that. I can't remember, but I do remember there's there's that scene in the next day. Like they're like it's like everywhere, and you're like, oh, like I'm like doing my work in my in my in my uh, garage. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like Jesus Christ, man. I'm glad they didn't include that, but it's weird they still included like them like getting together. I don't know. That seems mm-hmm. like a weird. It seems I just cut out the entire scene. If you're not gonna put that in there, because I like understandably don't put that in there, but then also don't put in the weird the weird scene of them hanging out together. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Seems kind of weird. Seems like a weird choice. Um, anyway, um, that that was my gross that scene for the movie or for the book, but not in the movie. Um, yeah. Oof. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, other than that, uh, that's that. Uh, let's go into the ending. Um, yeah, boy. So, what did you think of the ending? I so, just sorry for for people who don't who haven't seen it yet. Um, basically, ends up being that um, Jeff and um, Amy are the last two survivors, and Jeff basically sacrifices himself to let Amy escape. Uh, Amy poses as a corpse. He brings it down to the base of the pyramid, kind of guides the rest of the Mayans away, and then Amy just stands up and runs away, basically. And she escapes scot-free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's she, the ending. She gets shot at a little bit. Yeah, but, I mean, literally, <laughs> like, there's no consequences. She just escapes, and as far as we know, she's fine. So. I mean, all her friends are dead, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, also, I feel like she's going to come back, and the people are going to be like, hey, uh, what the fuck happened to all your friends? And if she goes back there, they'll kill her. Like, you know, I almost wonder, is this one of those situations where these people are the ones who are in charge of guarding it, but does everybody in the area know about it? So if you were to come out and be like, oh, is that these ruins? Oh, my God. They'll be like, burn her. <laughs> Light her on fire. <laughs> that would be interesting, actually. That would be kind of like an Eden Lake kind of ending where she runs out, and people are like, you were where? And they just, like, get her. Mm-hmm. Um, that'd be interesting, uh, but I also like. I know that uh, there's multiple endings to this, but I I always assume that she you know wasn't necessarily scot free because she was on the ruins for a long period of time. Um, but I don't know. I was okay with it. I you know again the, the book is a little bit more dark uh, in its ending. I, I do. Yeah, I, I did read up on that. Do you want to talk about how the book ends? Yeah, yeah. So, so the book in in the book ends. 
a little bit more grim, uh, where everybody is dead, essentially, and uh, Amy, at that point, basically gives up. I feel like at one point, I can't remember how Jeff dies, I can't remember if he tries to walk off at one of the characters at one point just kind of decides to try to leave at one point in the night, I believe. He goes around the back and tries to walk out at night and gets shot with, like, an arrow and then just dies and is dragged away by the uh, vines and they never know what happens to him. I can't remember if that's... That might be Jeff. I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, she goes down and is just like, yo, fuck you guys. Like, you know, this was... You know, this was bad. You guys are assholes. This is your fault. And so she, like, cuts her wrists and just, like, bleeds out and gets, like, taken, essentially. <laughs> she gets just, like, taken back into the vines. Like, they just come out and get her. Um... Which is fucking creepy. Like it's 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 morbid. It's sad. Um, you know, it's a little bit of the mist to a degree uh, of an ending. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I, I it makes sense in the movie because um, I think the only thing about this movie that makes me think of, uh, and I apologize, I've got gotten your feel yet, but it, it just gives me the idea that basically almost kind of like the end of the descent, maybe or no? What's fuck? It's not the descent. There, there's... Hmm? No, it's the it escapes the cave and not really escape. Or something like that. It's, well, it's like that, but there's another movie where it's like, they escape, but you're also like, you know, in the context of this movie and what the people are trying to stop her from doing, she's almost like a villain because she's spreading this mm. thing. You know, like, she escaped, but she clearly, given that they had to kill the kid off just getting touched by it for a second, she's been up there for a while, she's been grabbed by it a while, she's been touching it. She's definitely going to The world's going to be more fucked because she escaped. Exactly, yeah. And yeah, it's like... Right all the whole time. Um, okay. How about, you, how about you? Um, yeah, I really didn't like this ending. I thought it was just very anticlimactic in terms of like, okay, here we go. We're going to get into a, you know, final sequence where she's driving away and all of a sudden, hey, go down. Bye. Excuse me. Excuse me. Sorry, my cat is jumping up on my desk. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I thought she was going to be like this big fan and then maybe some sort of like, it, it just desperately needed some sort of last minute twist. Like to me, if it was just like, we focus in on the shot of her head and then all of a sudden, like, you see, like, a little bit of CGI of, like, her forehead kind of pulsating, signifying that there's vines inside her body. I think that would have been so much more of a, it. It would have been cliche, but it would have been so much more effective than any of just, like, yeah, she survives. That's it. Done. Well, I, think, I think that is an alternate ending, I think. That's one of them. Yeah, I think so, too, if I remember correctly. Yeah, close. Uh, uh, in the unrated version, as Amy manages to drive her in a Jeep, a close shot of her face is shown crawling with moving vines, indicating she's too infected. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that, I, I think that would have been the better ending personally on that front for me. And, and again, I, I, I like the horrifying aspect of, yeah, she escapes, but at the same time, she's fucking up the rest of the world, basically, um, mm -hmm. because of it, so. What I do like, if you were like, on the Wikipedia page to talk about another one where like basically like some guy's at a grave site and then you see it's her grave, but boom, blooming out of the grave are the flowers. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's another kind of fun one where she gets I back. Like, that one, yeah. like she gets back, we don't know what happened, but she dies somehow. And then the, like they bury her body and then from her body, the spores kind of come up. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's a cool idea. Um, I that, really like, like that one, actually. Because it, it would make sense then, too. If they, the goal is to spread as much as possible, yeah, I guess wait for the host to die so you have the maximum amount of time to kind of spread throughout their lifetime. And then finally, when they're died, then you can start looking for another host. Um, it's a parasite that stays with you your entire life. God, that's terrifying. Yeah, because okay, it, it just kind of incubates inside of you, right? Well, yeah. and also, So this is my question, too. Um, how does this not spread? If this, like, like that, that's, like, part of my reason, like, maybe this isn't, like, a vine. Maybe it is some, like, other kind of, like, it'd be interesting if it was, like, maybe a, a monster that just looks like a vine but isn't a vine. Because my only question is, like, how does this not constantly spread? Because, like, they you know. continue the, to salt the earth. Like, but, salting but the, the earth prevents it. But the wind blow, like, you know, so many weeds are spread from the wind blowing their spores and stuff. Mm -hmm. So how would they stop that? 
like when it rains and stuff like i feel like it could make ways like you know there's plants that like extend their tendrils in the air so why can't it do that like we've seen this thing fucking like go crazy uh you know um which again i think which the only reason i think they can explain it is if there's something in there that's like keeping it alive like or like you know again if it was all one if the vines were all uh how to say like parts of the thing but the thing itself like the body of it like the vines are tear and the thing itself is actually underground somewhere so it, so those elements while they can kind of spread you know they can kind of touch things and stuff they actually can't spread like that would mm-hmm. be like that, like that's that's another question of like if this is just a plant that can spread there's no fucking way they're they're containing it the way they're containing it because it's all over the outside of that thing a little wind would blow that shit right over there um yeah. anything you know or you know there would be some bird and shit that would land on there there would be some animals yeah well like they like, do say, yeah. But. Well, they said not doing it anymore, but they'd have to learn that, right? The birds don't wouldn't instinctively know that. They would just say, "Hey, hey, look at that cool thing!" Like, and the plant, the plant would benefit from a bee landing on. So the plant wouldn't harm the bee. The plant would be like, "Yeah, get on me," you know. You can you get some shit, and then I'll send you off. Mm-hmm. So that, that's like my only thought is maybe it's not like that. Would be the reveal for me would be that it's not actually a plant. It just looks like a plant. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. And it's probably like just spores or anything like that too. Yeah, like that, 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 that could be my one, one thing. It's maybe it's, if it's not a plant, it makes more sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's yeah. I don't know. But, so what, what, so you so you said you preferred the ending where there was some sort of infection or contagion at the end. Yeah, I would have been okay with just like it just this movie needs some sort of final twist at the very end in terms of okay, it's actually not fully done. Like okay, that still exists in her body, or the, even I, I would have been okay with like the driving scene is exactly as is. But then we cut to you know Amy's grave. How many years later, and we find out that the plants are growing out of it right there at that moment. Um, mm. Like I just it needed some sort of final stinger. I felt like because as it ends right now, it's just like she's okay, everything's fine. Well, not fine, but she survived. Yay! And yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. And just like. It feels very basic and it feels very undeserved. Like, because this is a brutal movie and I, I just, it needed some sort of final stain at the very end in terms of, yep, that's it. So. And I also that weird ending scene with Jeff where he's like, my name's Jeff. T- you don't even know our names. Uh, my name's this. And that, that's Amy. Amy. It took, you know, get her to run. I wanted to be like, what a dumb, like, it's, they, 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 they can't understand you. What are you doing? Who are you talking uh-huh. to? Like, you know they can't understand you. Uh, Like, what are you doing? I don't know. Uh, He's just distracting them. I mean, that that I could believe. I was just like, yeah. I don't know. But also, I feel like there's no attempt to communicate seriously between any of this. Like, you'd think that these these, these people who are protecting this and want people to stay away would, like, I don't know. Yeah, they they, they came out a little bit strong. Well, because even, like, they even say they don't speak Spanish, so... So like, because um, mm-hmm. Amy Amy knows Spanish, she tries to speak Spanish, and they're like, they, they don't know Spanish. What are you doing? And it's like, but you think, in an, if they were in this area where every where the primary language is Spanish, someone that would know Spanish to be like, don't go near those plants. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh okay, thanks for the heads up, buddy. I won't go near those plants. <laughs> that, like, we we tried to cover, you know, we we like, admittedly, all Just these no. these. Just say a no in your language over and over again. No, yeah. no, yeah, like, no. I mean, no is the same in English and Spanish, and I know they don't speak Spanish, but like. They or like know you know, do do a little come on wave. You know that means like come towards me. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's yeah. pretty universal. Or like kochi kochi. You know, like the little little hand flap. You know, do do something that shows come to me, not step back further into the thing. Because uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a very reasonable thing to be like, hey, these are our ruins. Please don't approach them. Like you know, yeah. that, that's that's a very, very easy thing to do. You know, or put some signs up around it that say like you know, poisonous vine. Stay away. People <laughs> be like, you know what? 
I'm not going to test it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that's all, like, yeah, that's all you need to do. Uh, instead of, like, I don't know. Like, but admittedly, though, like, these people are really crazy. Like, uh, Matthias and um, uh, the, the, the guy who's with him, they, like, they go there like, oh, look, it's my dad. It's my brother's Jeep that's, like, completely run down and looks like it was from Jurassic Park or something and is, like, fucked up to beyond belief for some reason. And, like, oh, look, these plants that somebody clearly put in the way that they shoved into the ground to block this path. Let's go this way. Like, I, be, I would be like, mm, I feel like we're going to get shot. Like, but even, though, even without the plants, I'd be like, I feel like your brother's dead and we're going to get shot. Like, this is just, like... This is, when somebody is clearly trying to not make you go somewhere, you, you should not go there. Especially again, if you're not in your own, if you're not, if you're not familiar with the area, if you don't know what's going on, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that they made me okay with a lot of these characters dying, just with these choices they made. Um, but but yeah, anyway, that's uh, it. Um, so, our raid hop in our classic segment. Yeah, I guess uh, there's two other like trivia facts I wanted to get, oh, just stuff that I it. learned throughout um, doing the X-Ray feature. And again, this is purely from the X-Ray feature on Amazon Prime. I have no idea if it's verifiable or not. But um, yeah, uh, this was actually filmed during winter in Australia. So any shot of them sweating was actually, they had to like spray them down. Um, oh, really? Which was kind of interesting. Yeah, it was all fake sweat, apparently, for the most part, obviously. Um because you could still sweat during the winter. It just wasn't super, super hot out. Um, but the other thing, too, and this one I really like, this one, is um, uh, Jeff's character. Um, he wears a shirt with a bullseye on it, and how does he die? He gets shot. He gets shot with an arrow. And apparently the director did say that was very intentional. Like, they, he wanted to include that just um, to show that, uh, yeah, he would get eventually just kind of like a little tongue-in-cheek sort of moment sort of thing. So, yeah. I'm here for that. Let's get yeah. I like that. I like that. Um, but yeah, that's that. Anyway, classic segment. So, sequel to The Ruins, which there is one, but how would you... Yeah, wait, what? Sequel? Wait, wait, rewind. What? Yeah, there is. Isn't there? Uh, the Ruins 2? It can't... Uh, no. Yes, there is. I don't believe no. you. I don't believe you. Is it it's about a... killer plants? I don't believe I you. am so, so sorry. I got bamboozled. <laughs> so there is, when I was doing a little bit of research, this, this, this is totally my fault right here. I'm glad I verified it. Um, there is a couple articles when you search The Ruins 2. The Ruins 2 is an American psychological horror film sequel to the 2009 The Ruins based on the 2006 drama novel who wrote the screenplay for the film adaptation of the sequel. It is following five Ruins 3, Stranded on an Island, dot, dot, dot. There isn't a second one and there isn't a third. Don't believe what the site says. <laughs> 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 and there is like a fan-made alternate trailer for the ruins too okay all right i'm sorry for some reason i thought there was a sequel i am completely uh, wrong there i was excited I, I, i'd be down uh, for a sequel I, I, yeah I, definitely I, me too i like the concept enough um yeah i don't know interesting so dan, dan what's, 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 anyway, what's your sequel continue. what's your sequel concept oh gosh i i didn't think about this too much honestly um why don't you go first and i'll think of something okay. all right all right so um so, so my, my throwaway concept is the one that we came up with earlier. Just talk, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a happening style where somehow, like, the, you know, if you're going to go to, I don't know, the, the nth degree of insanity, like a Sharknado, do it being all of trees killing people just for fun. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the way to do it. Um, but, you know, realistically, um, I feel like if you were to do this again, I think that, like, you need to leave where they are currently. I think that it's, um, how to say, it's, you know, it's... You know, to come back to the same place seems dumb. So I do think you need to move the location. I think that it's hard to do it in a place um, that is 
larger. So I think what I would do with this is I would make it be some scenario where like a bird or something did get on there and then flew to like a tropical island of some sorts. So maybe have it take place at like a resort island where they don't quite know what's going on um, and have it be that, you know, a bird or something they got there. Um, and because it's surrounded by salt water, it can't leave. So obviously it's stuck on that place and they can't leave because, you know, make it somewhere kind of remote and have it be like an infestation on this resort, uh, you know, because obviously there's so many plants there and stuff. And, you know, again, maybe try to work out what this thing is more because part of it is if you're going to go with it, it's some kind of God thing or some kind of like ancient creature, I think you have to explain as to how it got over there. Um, but I, you know, again, I would go with, I would probably end up going with something along those lines that it is more of a creature where the vines are just a part of it and kind of un unveil that, that like the actual thing is somewhere deep underground there and that somehow, you know, maybe it can spore or can come off, but basically have there be like another ruin, like have it be another kind of uh, tropical island, but there is another ruin there of some sort. So maybe these things, you know, live in these areas that are ways to connect them possibly um, and have that kind of, but take place on this island where there is a lot of brush and stuff and this, this, uh, Maybe they're, maybe they're excavating. Uh, maybe what happens is while people are on this resort island, they're excavating this nearby room they find. And, you know, this thing is unearthed. So it's there. It's been, it's been sectioned off. You know, maybe, maybe they, you know, they find like a, a pharaoh's trap, you know, with like salt and shit. And they open it up. And it creates, it allows the vines to come out. Uh, you know, that can be open. The opening can be people digging around and then falling in and the vines come out. So they slowly start taking over this island and stuff. And by the time people realize what's going on, you know, it gets them. Like, you know, have, have it be that creeping kind of thing where it's getting people unsuspectingly. And then, you know, again, tie that into it, that idea that maybe there's freshwater pools there. And so the thing fucking loves that. It comes out and they're like, hey, you know, we are a lagoon island or something like that. So we have, you know, a man-made lake. So there's fresh water there for it to go into and that allows it to expand and kind of spread further. Uh, but, you know, again, don't make it a huge monster, make it creeping, but give it these resources that may explain why it's becoming strong and why it's able to grow. And then, you know, maybe maybe some idea that maybe it even like comes from the ground to some degree, and there's like a basalt layer it needs to live off of under under the ground, and that's why it's stuck in the ruins because it goes down that deep to there. Um, that's my theory. That's that's my that's where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna say island, uh, make it some kind of thing, make the ruins get uncovered in that island, and then this thing kind of comes out. You know, maybe you make give it a variation. Maybe it has maybe this one evolves slightly differently. Um, that could be a, that's that's my concept. Or you know, heck, you make an anthology series of different things in ruins. You know. Uh, anyway, yeah. How about you? Uh, yeah. So I was thinking just kind of, okay, so really you hit on it. We can't do the same thing again. It's not going to be the same temple. We need to move locations. So I'm thinking like maybe the world's botany community or something like that finds out, oh, there's this new species of plants that uh, apparently is very, very interesting and very, very cool. So they go ahead and take a sample and they don't realize how dangerous it is and then take it on back to... Um, you know, a, a major city or like some sort of laboratory or something like that. Um, maybe just like there's this like really amateur botanist who's just like, oh, yeah, I've heard this is a really cool thing. So they go there. The Mayans would either their civilization has or their little village has died out or maybe something else happens. Like maybe there's a rainstorm that cuts off access to the village or something like that. I don't know. But they're out of the picture. Uh, but basically, the vines basically then in a new environment, they go ahead and grow, they go ahead and maybe infest like the botanist partner or someone who stops on by. And I think it could be a little bit of a psychological horror at the very beginning. I think they probably should lean more into these sounds in terms of like when Stacy thinks that Amy's sleeping with her boyfriend, dealing with that a little bit more in terms of the vines are kind of slowly relearning how to 
manipulate people and how to make the fake noises to get them to do what they want. And by the end of it, the kicker for the sequel could be like the vines are in the water system or something like that. And everyone's been drinking this spore infested water and these vines are growing inside everyone in New York City or whatever. So, yes, basically it's going to be the ruins to vines take Manhattan. And, I like um, it. Yeah. Oh, wait, I, I thought of a third sequel. Yes. All right. So, so you know, we've, we've tried the ruins too, where they're in Manhattan. Uh, we've tried ruins where it's the, it's the plants on an alien planet. We've tried the ruin where autism is the, is the uh, you know, the secret to all plants. And so we're going to go back in time. We're going to do a prequel now because, you know, we've exhausted all that. We did ruins versus Sharknado, you know. So now, now we're like, we need, we need to redo this. Let's go back. So, they, you know, they, t- they take a book from Prey that, you know, had a very similar sequel outcome. Uh, so they go back. And so it's going to be Prey or it's going to be taking place in the past. And it's going to be the fall of Tenochtitlan. And it's going to be uh, um, who's, who's, the, who's the guy who came across... Um, Who's the Spanish conquistador uh, who came across mm-hmm. and, uh, d- you know, he basically came, found Telchitlan, and then left and came back and was gone? Who was that? I don't remember. Anyway, they come. And basically the idea is, you know, we always talk about how pollination and cross-pollination of different plants and stuff, uh, you know, creates competitive species. So we have going on with U.S. corn and stuff. We have corn, invasive corns. So it's going to be some idea that these um, European people uh, come over and found Telchitlan and... They go there, and either they, they along their travels going across uh, the ocean, find the plant, or somehow introduce the spores to the Aztec society, and then leave. And then when they leave, it's this starts going, spreading through. So it's basically, you know, it'll be like an analogy, or uh, is an analogy right word? I don't know. It'll be like, you know, congruous with, like, the spreading of a disease that a foreigner comes and drops off. Like, of, you know, basically how the conquistadors came and gave the sickness to all the, the native people and it poisoned them. Uh, and basically, you know, we would think is what happened to uh, the ancient Mayan cities is that, you know, the, the, they brought like polio and shit and they killed people. Same idea, but instead of it being that, it turns out it was the ruined plant. And mm. so that, 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 that contributed to the fall of all society, which then also sets up as the sequel or the, you know, the, the future The Ruins movie as one of the last holdouts of this thing, of this plant, mm-hmm. you know, left over from that thing that decimated the population. And it can be called ruined, maybe. Or, I don't know, some, some way to make ruins with the word prey, like predator. I don't know. Ruiner? <laughs> too ruined. ruined. Too ruined, too late. Spored? Back to the jungle. Ooh, ooh. Jungle is brought you know, to you. That's, gotcha. that's, that, that's, my, that's my, actually, that's probably a more serious one, is do a prequel with how they got there, with them yeah. basically going through. Because also that makes sense, too, in, in the sense of, like, it would make the reality a little bit more scary because there's people who have you know we, they don't have the same medicine technology that i think that like you know like you know you could easily say in this movie like okay why aren't they just like let's get a flamethrower let's get a nuke here. you know let's let's bomb this shit let's light this place on fire you know let's do something like that but if you go back back in time where you know they don't quite know what's going on is it a disease is it this and then also you know kind of tie into that idea too as well like is it a god is it like what's what is this thing that's ravaging their society um you know is is it a consequence of meeting these european settlers who come across uh, mm-hmm. i don't know that's that's how they do it that'll be a very big budget movie because involve a lot of sets it'll be opposite of this movie which is very cheap to make mm-hmm. <laughs> hey we made this movie that got that didn't get a lot of good reviews tanked at the box office and you know wasn't very well uh received uh, let's make a prequel to it, which needs a huge budget. <laughs> <laughs> well, Great. if M. Night Shyamalan could go ahead and get more work, I, you know, it's, it is what it is on that front. That's true. That's true. All right. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Okay. So 
that's those are my three my three my three my three pitches. You know, <laughs> call me uh, DreamWorks Studios. Oh, you know, you know, cross this over with Shrek. Maybe this is a Shrek movie. There we go. There, yeah, there, there we go. There we go. Done. Done. Right. <laughs> Sounds good. Awesome. Well. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh, once again, this has been Permanent Screwheads Talk Horror. Um, thanks so much to our opening theme song. That is Horror Movie Story by the band Teddy's Atlas. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Uh, still deciding what we're going to be doing. Um, Andrew, I don't know if you're going to be meeting possibly with my brother. Maybe we can go ahead and do a little bit of a extra episode on that front. Otherwise, we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus while I am on my delayed honeymoon over in Europe. Uh, once again, shout out to Swedish Horror Nerd. I'm going to go ahead and try and meet up with him or talk to him at, at the very least and see exactly if there's anything in Sweden he would recommend on in. Um, but yeah, very excited for that trip. Uh, otherwise, we'll go ahead and probably do a next episode sometime in early October, just in time for spooky season. Woo. Ooh. Ooh, are, we, are we doing Reboot Ween? Is it time Possibly, for Reboot yeah. Ween? I mean, I we got some reboots go that I want to do. Are. I, I, yeah, I got a list. I, Children of the Corn just came out. The new Children of the Corn oh, came out. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. pretty good. I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, the Exorcist. Yeah. Do you hear The Exorcist got that got pushed back because um, of the Eras tour? Yes. That's amazing. Didn't, <laughs> so didn't want to go up against it. Uh-huh. For anybody who doesn't know, that new Exorcist movie that's coming out, the David Gordon Green Exorcist, um, is it was being released. And I guess uh, the Taylor Swift Eras tour uh, video, movie experience is coming out uh, the same release date. And I guess because like, that movie fucking sold out everywhere. Um, like I looked at it and like literally tickets for it are like completely sold out in most theaters in my area at least. And there's a bunch of them around me. Uh, and so Jason Blum moved this, the, uh, the release date of The Exorcist because they didn't <laughs> want to compete with the Eras tour, which is amazing because again, it's showing that we don't fucking need The Exorcist. Does, not unnecessary. Fuck, you don't fuck with Swifties. Yeah, don't fuck the Swifties. I mean, I'm, I would probably much rather go watch the Eras tour uh, then. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm considering it uh, then to see the, uh, that new Exorcist because I do no, not give a every, shit. Yeah, every single person who's been to a Taylor Swift concert uh, during the Eras tour, um, and even people that are like kind of dragged along by their partners or whatever it is, it's, a, it's an amazing performance, and she puts on a hell of a show. So, And I don't but, doubt her. I, I, I do like Taylor Swift. I think she's a really, really good performer. But, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that. I, yeah, and I'm not watching but a concert. Exorcist in a, is in probably a gonna suck. Yes, I think it's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be a flop. I think it's gonna be a flop, and everyone's gonna look at it and be like, "Man, what else did this guy make?" And they'll all look back at Halloween and think, "Maybe we should ex- re-examine the praise we gave for those movies." <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which, our hundredth episode is coming up real soon, isn't it? What what, what number are we on uh, right now? Yeah, let's see what we got here. This, this has got to be like ninety-seven. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with ninety-seven. I'm gonna go with ninety-seven. Yes, this is episode 97, so yeah, we Holy got, shit. uh, yeah, yeah, 100 episodes coming out soon. Uh, yeah, we definitely got to talk about that and figure out maybe we can try and release it on Halloween or something. I don't know. We'll see. We awesome. shall see. All, All right. right, cool. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody, and stay groovy. Bye. Bye.